What is up, everybody? Back at it with another episode of the podcast. Today, we are in episode three of our leadership mini-series, and we're going to be talking about skills for developing yourself as a leader. Now, we talked about what is leadership, you know, what isn't it, what do we mean by it, and we talked about leadership development in our past two episodes. Check those out if you haven't already. But today, we're going to be talking about skills because at the end of the day, one of the big concepts we're going to talk about here is that when you want to improve someone or when you want them to do better or make a change in their how they are, it's much easier to have them change their skills. And people are much more willing to um, work on their skills and improve on their skills than they are their personality. People tend to take offense when we mention their personalities and something that needs changed or worked on. But when we talk about their skills, they're much more open to changing those and improving those and getting better at those. So that's why skill development is so important because oftentimes it's hard to change your whole personality because that's more permanent. It's more of a permanent thing that's hard to change, whereas skills are more easily adaptable and flexible. And finally, before we get into things here, I want to once again reiterate a big point from last podcast where we talked about learning and how learning is the single most important thing you can do as a leader because learn we learn constantly and we have to be able to learn constantly because we're constantly coming in contact with new things and new experiences and things that we can learn from and grow from and utilize to get better. And so the minute we stop learning is the minute we step on the road to ineffective leadership. So always make sure that you're opening yourself up to continuous learning because that's the single greatest key to becoming a better leader. Because none of these other things we talk about will be able to happen unless you open yourself up to learning. Now, one of the first things a leader should do when they get to a team, when they get to a position, they need to be able to identify their issues with their team dynamics and chemistry. Now, when you're a leader, you're going to be interacting with people a lot, and you're going to be pretty invested with those people and with the task at hand. So you have to understand the situation inside and out and your followers, because you need to be able to play off of their weaknesses and their strengths and to tailor their strengths to work for your, to work to the goals you want to accomplish. And you have to be able to balance those dynamics, because if you have unbalanced team dynamics, you're going to be much more inefficient as a group. And so it's integral integral that the leader is able to identify those issues early on so that they can find ways to improve those issues or jumpstart them to success. So a leader should also be able to seek advice from others in turn because then they need they need to know what they need to do better. But right away, you might not want to follow advice right away because you don't want to take sides when you first get in a situation. You want all of your followers to view you as equal. And you... You want your followers to feel like they're on equal standing with all other followers with you. You don't want to feel like you don't want them to feel like you're playing favorites as a leader because that's bound to cause issues in team dynamics. So you need to be fair to everyone. You need to be able to identify issues in team dynamics in order to be an effect, the most effective leader that you can be. Now, what a leader also does when they're developing skills, they there are you take value from your experiences and the experiences that you go through each and every day. You take value from those. And so, in order to maximize value from your experiences, you can do these things. And these are skills that you need to develop so that you can utilize your experiences to work for you. The first thing, you have to create opportunities for feedback. Too often, we do the exact opposite. We block off feedback and we ignore it or we just stick with what's worked for us in the past or we just choose to listen to the positive noise and not the negative thing, criticism. But... We need feedback. As leaders, we need feedback much more than our subordinates. 
because they have someone to look at, look to and follow. Leaders don't, so they need to be open to. They need to lead themselves and others, and so they need to get feedback. But it's harder for them to get it in most cases because either one, you're not painting yourself as someone who's going to be willing to that that criticism or that feedback, so your followers may not want to give it to you, or it's just the traditional model of how an organization works. A subordinate follower may not feel like they have the right to come up and give you feedback. So what's your job to do as a leader, a skill you have to develop, is being able to make sure you create an open dialogue between your followers and you, and you make sure everyone feels equal and like their voice is heard. Because in doing that, you're going to promote uh, a greater work productivity. You're going to promote greater attitudes from employees. They're going to feel appreciated. They're going to be willing to give you feedback, which is going to help you become a better leader, which ultimately will help you accomplish your goals much better. So when you're a leader, you have to be the one to take action to get feedback. Because people might not give it to you. Now, the next thing you need to do is what this textbook calls taking the 10% stretch. So what the 10% stretch is, it deals with going out of your comfort zone. Now, going out of your comfort zone is something that you must do as a leader. But when you venture out of your comfort zone, you don't want to take reckless risks and things that could harm the greater goals that you have in mind or your followers. Instead, you should seek calculated risks to go out of your comfort zone that you can use to expand your knowledge and your skills. So don't have drastic or super risky steps out of your comfort zone, but rather these controlled ones that offer ben- that offer benefits such as willingness to try new things, increase leadership skills, and increase effectiveness. And, and just one small change out of your comfort zone could make a world of difference in terms of effectiveness, but you'll never know until you're willing to take that 10% step outside of where you are now. Next, this one's going to seem probably self-explanatory and obvious. You need to learn from others. A good leader can learn from any single person, anytime. No matter their rank in the organization, there's always something to learn from someone else. Whether it's something they're doing right that you should do, or something they're doing wrong that you should avoid doing. We must not let our perceptual sets and our our biases, and we'll talk about perception later on, and we're having a big episode on that, but we cannot let those perceptual sets get in the way because too often we look at someone and our perception of them says, oh, well, I can't really learn anything from this person. You might view yourself on a higher ground than them. But you can't do that because we can learn something from everybody. So don't let your biases and your judgments dictate who you pay attention to. You must pay attention to everyone and equally respect the lessons that you take from each individual person. And the same thing goes with the conflicts and challenges you face in all situations you face. Look at those as equal as well and make sure you learn from those just as you would any learn from one situation just as you would from another and learn from one follower just as you would from another make sure you're learning from everybody and everything equally and finally this is much more of a practical tool that is much easier to implement the other ones the other ones are more lifestyle changes that we've talked about and these can be hard and they can take time to happen and now you can do it by thinking about it and really putting an effort to do these things learn from others and go out of your way to accept feedback and you can start with small steps such as going around to office members asking what's one thing you can do better or just focusing on looking at someone and say what can I learn from this person and take that deliberate step to do so but this last one is take a journal keep a journal this is something you can do every single day and journaling allows us to be more creative it's just in the process itself just fosters a sense of creativity that just does not happen any other time it offers reflection which we talked about earlier on how key reflection as to becoming a better leader. And it provides a vast bank of ideas. You're putting these ideas on paper and you can come back to these later and something could spark an idea for you that could completely change the game for you as a leader. 
So journaling, there's really nothing negative that can come out of journaling. There's nothing but positive things to say about it. So that's a great skill to develop as a leader, and it's going to really help you. Another thing leaders need to do is they need to be technically competent. Now, technical competence is is knowing what to do in a certain situation. And leaders need to be able to possess this. It's pretty pretty self-explanatory. If you become an expert in an area, people are going to look to you, they're going to rely on you, and it's going to enhance your effectiveness in a situation when you're making a decision because you won't have to stop and think about what to do. The more you know what you're doing, the better you'll become. And getting technical competence is simply the byproduct of hard work, getting involved in the day-to-day operations, reflecting on what you observe every day, reflecting on your actions, and asking questions, just simple things like, like that. And you also need to interact with your superiors. Now, if you're a leader, you could be the superior, but let's say you're one of the leaders we talked about, someone that could, you're a leader within your group that's in a subset of an, an organization. Let's say you're working in the IT department of a big tech company. Now, you're just a normal computer programmer, and you might not think that you can be a leader because you're just working on a team of people. And there might already be a leader heading that team. But what you should do is you should take time to establish a great relationship with that leader of your team and with your boss and with your boss's boss and go out of your way to make those relationships. Because a good relationship with your superior increases your chances of being taken seriously, having your thoughts heard. And the greatest thing, the single greatest thing you can do if you're in that position and your leadership doesn't come from a title or position, you don't have the power that comes along with that. I shouldn't say leadership coming from that. I should say the power that comes along with that. If you ha- your leadership just comes from actions that you want to take, go out and take those actions. Go set up those relationships with the superiors so that one day you can learn, you can step into their role and be even better because you've learned from them and you watched them and you observed them and you also observed your team members and you learned what to do, how things need to get done. And you're now an expert on what needs to get done. So when you're leading that team in the future, you can fix the mistakes that the leader before you made and you can be an even better leader. So see how learning and playing off of others in the situation and knowing what to do can really help you become a better leader and can sort of pave the way for you to step into leadership. Learning more about others around you and how to lead and the specific area that you're working in will never hurt you at all. It's only going to provide you more opportunities in the future. Now, what I want to talk about next is are, are some actions that um, – it's, it, I found this article on Inc.com, and it's eight things that the smartest leaders do to motivate their employees. It's by Schwantes, is the, is the author of this, Marcel Schwantes. And what he talks about are steps to motivating your followers. And, and motivation is something that's super key, and it's a super key psychological concept. And it's, it's integral that you have the skill to be able to motiv- motivate your followers. And he provides this one question. He posted this question because leaders have to motivate their employees and they have to keep them loyal. They have to keep them productive. And humans are fickle creatures and their desires and motivations are different from one another, he says. And it's true. Everyone has different motivations, different things that motivate them to do things. Some people have a high level intrinsic motivation, but some haven't are excuse me, more motivated by extrinsic motivation, their paycheck or something like that. So the challenge for leaders is they have to ask themselves, how can I motivate each member individually? Now, the key to that, um, Schwantes provides a, a couple of different steps. So the first one is emphasizing those one-on-one interactions with your employees. 
as we said before, take the time to go ask an employee what you're doing wrong, what they think could be done better. What Do they have any ideas for the future of things we can do? Going out of your way to make their voice feel heard and make them feel valued as an employee. That's so crucial and it's so appreciated. I cannot emphasize enough how appreciative that employee will be and how much greater they will feel and how much more motivated they will be to do whatever you ask of them because you've shown that you care about their opinion. You value the work that they do. So they're going to be willing to work harder for you. Step two, you have to understand what motivates each individual employee. What gets them out of bed and come and come into work in the morning? You have to know whether it's their family, providing for their family, or going farther within their career, or learning more about an industry, or performing an internship so they can get a better job. What is that employee motivated by? And once you know that and answer that question, you can sort of tailor your actions, your behaviors, and your reward systems to satisfy those needs and wants. You also have to... Make sure your employees have access to the resources that they need to that will allow them to succeed. You need to be able they let's if you're working in an engineering lab and they don't have the best computers that they need to code the way you want, or if you're working in a, a clinic, a hospital, a medicinal clinic, and they don't have the right equipment to perform uh, a test or something like that, then these employees cannot be as productive and might not be motivated to work as hard if they don't have the right equipment to do the job they need to do. So you should constantly be asking your employees, is there anything I can get you that will help make your job easier? Or how can I help make your job easier? This next one is, this next point is super critical. This is, this might be the most important thing on the list. Offer praise and encouragement frequently. Now, when you, when we, as humans, we are just tailored to appreciate praise and it serves as a positive reinforcement for our behavior to continue in the future. And no, but nowhere has, Schwanti says this, and I loved, when I read this, I loved it right away. Nobody has ever said, I hate being recognized for a job well done. Some people might not like the attention in public, but no matter what, they, they do like the recognition of a job well done. Nobody will say they don't like that. And so your job as a leader is to make sure you're praising and encouraging and rewarding the positive things that your employees are doing for you. And they're more likely to remain with the organization if you are appreciative of the work that they're doing. Also, what you need to do is enhance the purpose of that those employees' work, make them feel like their work is going to greater good, maybe set aside a time for them to see the, how the clients are benefiting from the work that they do, especially if the work they're doing is on the back end and the actual service or product is being delivered at a step way farther in the production process than the work that they're doing. Also, Offer training programs to help increase not their job-related skills for the specific job, but their just skills in general for them to become better leaders or better writers or better computer programmers or things like that. Help them be more prepared to – you might think, well, if I help them get these better skills, they might move on to a better job. But in reality, if you help them get, get these better skills, they're more likely to appreciate the what you've done and taking care for them as a person and as a professional – rather than just an employee, and they're more likely to stay in the company and seek advancement within the company than outside of it. And finally, make your workers feel important in the process, or your followers feel important in the process. Trust them to get things done. Offer them opportunities to follow through for you and do the things that you need them to do. And also, involve them in decision-making. No employee wants to be left out of decision-making. And anytime their voice is heard, they'll feel appreciated, and they'll be definitely willing to go out and just be super loyal to you and super productive. And finally, one of the last things I'll talk about here now is what leader the what a leader should be above all is consistent. 
a leader must be consistent. They must follow the culture they've set up. They must, sh- their personal values that they hold and that lead them to perform their work, they need to embody those in every single thing that they do. And their behaviors need to reflect the values that they show. Even in the hardest, most trying, most high stress times, a leader needs to be relying on their personal values. Their behavior needs to be rock solid. The leader needs to be the rock. They need to be the rock that, and the glue that holds everybody together. And they need to be calm in every situation. People need to rely on them. So as a leader, above all, you need to develop a consistency and an ability to manage stress and to hide your emotions and just put them on hold, deal with them later, and sacrifice your own personal thoughts for the sake of putting on a brave face and having your followers rely on you. Because the single greatest skill, aside from being able to learn and grow from your experiences and have your experiences work for you, like we talked about earlier, is being consistent and there for your, your followers. Because the more consistent you are, the more transparent you are, the more that a follower can trust you, the more motivated they'll be to work hard for you, and just the better leader you'll become. Because you won't be falling victim to dark side tendencies that emerge in high-stress times, which we'll talk about later, and you won't be falling victim to mental biases or perceptual sets, like we'll talk about in a later episode. But for today, this episode, what I want you to take away from this, mostly above all, is that, number one, the continuous idea, this is going to be a theme throughout the podcast series, do not stop learning. Constantly utilize your experiences to work for you as learning tools. Don't just passively let life pass you by. Instead, use everything you do as an opportunity to grow and reflect upon those opportunities and take opportunities to reflect by journaling or just purposefully looking at a situation and saying, what can I do better? And also, another key, the second key idea I'll leave you with today is make your learn how to make your employees feel appreciated and connect with them. So emphasize those one-on-one interactions. Take time to ask them how they are aside from outside of the job. Say, how are you doing? How's your family? Or ask them, how can I help you get your job done? Or how can I help you grow as a person or prepare you for the next step in your career? Just anything that shows that you care. The more caring and more sincere and more truthful you can seem as a leader, the better. So I hope from today's episode, you guys were able to learn a couple of things that you can do in your daily lives to become a better leader on what your teams, on your in your clubs, in your workplace, just anywhere, in your communities, just not only to become a better person and a more informed individual, but also a better leader, someone that has these skills to have their experiences work from them and constantly be learning. Because once again, learning is the single greatest tool you have as a leader to grow. So that's all for today's episode of the podcast. Next time, we'll be talking about power and influence, one of the most interesting dichotomies within the subject of leadership. So I encourage you to tune into that. But that's all for today. Thanks again for listening to the JC Podcast.